0: Experiencing the news each day can feel like a journey. With Up First from NPR, it doesn't have to be. Welcome to 15 easy minutes of breaking news, clarity on international and national affairs, all handed over not from some floating voice in the sky, from us, Layla, A., Steve, and me, Rachel. Start your day informed. Subscribe to Up First wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Hey, this is Beth Golay. And Suzanne Perez. We're hopping on here to let you know that we have some episodes dropping, back to back to back.
0: Yeah, we recorded episodes in November and December, but with Pledge Drive, The Holidays, and Beth's undergrad school, (laughs) we got a little behind with production.
1: Yeah, this is our November episode, and our December episode will drop this Saturday because
0: we want to button up 2022. That's right, and then on Thursday, January 5th, we're kicking off the 2023 Read ICT Challenge with the Wichita Public Library at the Advanced Learning Library.
1: We're teaming up with the library for a crossover podcast recording between Books and Whatnot and the library's Read, Return, Repeat.
0: Yes, it's going to be really fun. So if you'll be in the Wichita area on January 5th, join us at the library for the live recording and then listen for that produced episode on Friday, January 13th. That's lucky. Oh, yeah. Anyway, thanks for listening and enjoy the show. From KMUW Studios in Wichita, Kansas, this is Books and Whatnot. I'm Suzanne Perez, KMUW's resident book reviewer, and I'm Beth
1: Goulet, host of KMUW's Marginalia podcast. This episode was recorded on November fourteenth, twenty twenty-two. Any references to new or forthcoming and the like are relative. Hey, Beth. Hey, Suzanne. Da 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 da
0: da da. It's almost the holidays, and we're back in the studio again. (laughs) Yes, we are. Um, it's all so quiet with two live shows, and now we're back here by <laughs> ourselves. It's like we've been locked in a closet again. That's true. That's okay. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about um, you know holiday, holiday book buying yeah. after we talk about yeah, our current because reads. Because I do
1: have an announcement to make after we talk. About yeah. Reads.
0: Okay. Ooh, intriguing. So you, All right. You go first. I'll start us off. Okay. My first book, my first uh, read for this month, um, was Braiding Sweetgrass. Subtitle of that book is Indigenous Wisdom, Scientific Knowledge, and the Teaching of Plants. It's by Robin Wall Kimmerer. This book, oh my goodness, it was like a meditation. It was like a devotional. It's really, really long. Robin Wall Kimmerer is uh, an indigenous person. She's of Native American descent. She is also an environmental biologist and a fantastic writer. So this book is basically a collection of essays, which makes it a really good book to sort of, you know, we talk about those books that you have going on in the background, sort of slow and steady reads where you can, you know, read a chapter in between other things that you're reading. This was kind of how I attacked this book. So I read it over the course of a couple months. But each chapter is about, you know, some different Part of nature. I mean, it's like an NPR story, you know. Oh, wow, I read all about moss and it was exciting. It really was. <laughs> um, she talks about the reciprocal relationship between humans and the earth. I listened to it on Libro FM and I read it simultaneously. And it was a really good way to take it in because as you're listening, Her voice, like I said, is really soothing, and there's a lot of indigenous words and pronunciations that I probably would have had trouble with had I been just reading it, so it was nice to hear her say them. Uh, Yeah, I'm glad you're finally taking, you know, a page out of my playbook. Yes, Uh, Beth made me do it. It's yet another (laughs) chapter, and Beth made me do it. Um, So that was a really good way to, to do this, but it's just... And in this the fall sort of season when the leaves were changing and you sort of think a little bit more about nature and what those trees are doing and you sort of see them more as living things and it really changed my perspective. You know, there are a lot of books that you read that kind of change your perspective on things for a long time and this is going to be one of those also no coincidence that it is Native American Heritage Mm -hmm. Month. So all the more reason to pick this book up. One other thing I'll mention, I also I did a review of this book on on KMEW. So you can find my review there. But one thing uh, that has come out just recently is a young adult edition of this book that she so this book uh, was put out in 2015, I believe. Um, The original Braiding Sweetgrass came out in 2015. It had sort of a resurgence or a a word-of-mouth um, popularity during COVID, during the shutdowns of COVID when people were taking walks and getting back to nature and getting into houseplants and all of that stuff. And now uh, Robin Wall Kimmerer has come out with this new edition for younger readers. It's got beautiful illustrations. It's the same sort of concepts, like let's think about you know our relationship with animals and the earth and plants and living things and let's think about what we're doing to our environment it was a fantastic read again that was braiding sweetgrass, indigenous wisdom scientific knowledge and the teachings of plants by robin wall kimmerer very nice
1: okay so my next one is your my... first one <laughs> thank you <laughs> So my first one is When We Were Sisters by Fatima Ashker. And Fatima Ashker is a filmmaker, educator, and performer. They are the writer and co-creator of Brown Girls, which is an Emmy-nominated web series that highlights friendships between women of color. And Ashker is a poet. And that was the least surprising description because their debut novel was just so lyrical. And so When We Were Sisters is... Experimental and and quite moving, it, it explores the the interlocking ties between three Muslim American sisters, who are you know their parents die really close to each other and they're orphaned and they're they're under the care of this uncle. I don't, I, I, I want to say quote unquote uncle, but he really is their blood uncle. But they're they're left to raise one another in a country whose systems are not designed to protect them and so it was a really moving book and it was also you know it was released on October 18th and it was a debut as i mentioned and it was you know immediately longlisted for the national book award oh really it ended up not making the short list but just the fact that this debut novel made the long list was really I, to me that's remarkable mm-hmm. so um, it's anyway it's really beautiful their work is very lyrical and beautiful and i just i
0: highly recommend it that's when we were sisters by fatima ashker fantastic you know i've heard a lot of did scott simon interview them too i thought that, possibly uh, there was an interview on uh, saturday morning edition but um anyway uh, f- fantastic but you uh, there's a marginalia episode to, yes. uh, to listen to so yes there yeah, is highly recommended to go and listen to that all right well my next um read is the book of goose by yi yoon Lee. I have not read Yi Yun-li before. I've heard a lot about this book. Oh, you, have you? I okay. Have. Well, I heard a little about it and picked it up sort of. The the cover was striking, and <laughs> I, I don't know why I picked it up. It is such a quiet character study. You know I love a quiet book. Stoner oh, <laughs> comes to mind. And um, books, Mothering Sunday. Mothering Sunday. <laughs> books about everyday life. Prosaic novels. Yeah, uh, There you go. Uh, yeah, about just sort of... When You Boil It All Down, this is a book about two girls growing up in the French countryside. So it's about Agnes and Fabienne. They are young girls. They are living in France, and they're sort of not mischievous, really. They're just bored, (laughs) so they are looking for something to do. So Fabienne is sort of the you know, when you have a, especially girl relationships, there's always one that sort of the, calls all the shots, and you have the leader and the follower, and Fabian was definitely the leader of this relationship, and Agnes is the follower. Fabian decides that they should write a book, and they write this novel, but for whatever reason, she thinks Agnes should pretend to be the author, the sole author, and there's really not a lot that goes on in the novel. That's why it's really hard to, to talk about novels like this, but the writing is so beautiful and the relationship between these girls is so interesting. Agnes ends up going off to a finishing school in London and missing Fabian badly and but like learning all of this stuff and it's coming of age. I have not read My Brilliant Friend. Have you, Beth? No. Elena Ferrante? Yeah, I have it, but I've not read it. Yeah. Ding ding ding. Yeah. I have that too. <laughs> I also have not read it. But everything I hear about that book and that series reminds me of this novel as well it makes me think that those would be comparable titles mm, so interesting if you liked my brilliant friend <laughs> you might like the book of goose I don't know if it's my sort of autumnal reading season where I just really love to you know sort of relax into these you know sort of quieter character study novels but it really was it was just a pleasant read really interesting again almost soothing in its style she has a, a huge, an enormous backlist, apparently, that I'm not aware of. But I would love to explore some of those sometime. Some of them, Where Reasons End, The Vagrants, One Thousand Years of Good Prayers. It goes on and on. This is one that, for whatever reason, caught my attention this fall. And you said so. So you've heard a lot about it, like from uh, publishers? or who? I've heard
1: a lot about it from friends in publishing whether they are booksellers or publishing reps you know you just kind of hear the buzz about which books are good and this one you know fell into the conversation right but I didn't hear what the book was about just that it was worth reading
0: yeah well it's again it's one of those books that's hard to tell you what it's about other than two girls growing up okay (laughs) that's it that's the synopsis (laughs) but turn that in for your book report (laughs) could you imagine the pitch on that one (laughs) anyway that again is um the book of goose by Yi Yun Lee
1: Okay, my next one is We Are the Light by Matthew Quick.
0: Oh.
1: Are you familiar with Matthew well, Quick?
0: I am, yes. Okay, what do well, you know? No, no I don't. No. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I, we Are the Light. All I know is it was the indie pick for November, right? Oh, okay. The indie first pick. Yes, it was. Okay, that's yes, all I was. know. That's yes. all I know about it. <laughs> yes, I know all about him. <laughs> like, Let me tell you okay, all I know. No.
1: So in, you might recognize his name, or maybe of his first book, because in 2008, he hit the literary scene with his debut novel, The Silver Linings Playbook, which you probably know, like the movie. It was yes. made into a movie with Bradley Cooper and uh, Katniss. Who was her
0: name? Uh, Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was starring Bradley Cooper and Katniss. <laughs> That was a good movie.
1: Thank okay, you. so since that time, he published seven more titles. Oh my. And then in 2018, he decided to embrace sobriety. And with it came A Crippling Case of Writer's Block. Oh, wow. he, so I have the preview copy, and he, he wrote a letter in the beginning of the preview copy. And he's very forthcoming about just how crippling it was and what different things he would try to do to get out of this writer's block, and all of the male friendships he would create and how they would try to help him get out of the writer's block. But what he ultimately turned to was Jungian analysis.
0: Do you? Oh, Jung. Carl Jung? Jung. Jung. Yes. Jungian analysis.
1: Yes, and then that ended up providing structure for the book because this is an epistolary novel. There's a tragedy. There's a mass shooting at a movie theater where the shooter goes in and kills every other person just because he wanted the person sitting in between to suffer as well. Oh, God. What a nightmare. And so Lucas writes a letter to Carl, his Jungian... Analyst. Analyst. Yes.
0: Sort of therapist-like? Yes, except it's not not therapy. It's different. Okay.
1: but then, so every every single letter is from Lucas to Carl. And wow. we learn more about just how how the town has to heal, how everybody is healing. And it's just, it was quiet because it's, you know, told through letter form. But
0: it's very powerful. Oh, I bet. I mean, just given that premise, was it inspired by the, like, theater shooting in Colorado?
1: I didn't ask him.
0: Yeah. I, ugh. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay, but... Oh my gosh, What a that's a heck of a premise. Yeah, and I, it also
1: explores you know, the restorative power of art oh. because they decide to make a movie and then they're going to um, show it at this theater as well. Oh, wow.
0: So. This sounds like something I would like to read. Yeah, and I interviewed him. It was a really lovely interview as well. Okay, so that marginalia is?
1: That marginalia, it's out there. It's, it's the November 1st okay. marginalia, and that's the date that uh, We Are the Light came out. And you're right. It was the number one indie pick for November, which I th- we've talked about this before. But basically, independent booksellers, they nominate their favorite books that are coming out during the month. And the book that gets the highest number of, you know, praise and accolades is number one. And that's what this one is. Matthew Quick, We Are the Light. Wow. So he, all the rest of
0: his books were written when he was addicted to an alcoholic? Was it alcohol? I think it might have been the alcohol, substance I don't know. abuse. But yeah. wow. I mean, that is, that's incredibly Well, we're highly courageous functioning alcoholics. <laughs> so I don't know what you <laughs> I just drink socially. No, actually, most of mine is work related. <laughs> no, but that's incredible. I remember the Silver Linings Playbook being. Kind of about that too. Well, no, it was about uh, it was about mental illness.
1: And wasn't it about? Didn't somebody die? Wasn't it also about grief?
0: Uh, I thought it was about. What I remember is, it, I thought it was bipolar. I thought that. Oh. Um, well, I need to watch it again because I remember liking a, that movie a lot. But heck, if I remember the details, Let
1: me look but at that's it. like,
0: what's it called? That book, The Book of Light. We are the light. We are the light. And Lucas means light in Latin. Oh, that can't be a coincidence.
1: Okay, after losing his job and his wife and spending time in a mental institution, Pat Solitano, Bradley Cooper, winds up living with his parents, Robert De Niro and Jackie Weaver. He wants to rebuild his life and reunite with his wife, but his parents would be happy if he just shared their obsession with the Philadelphia Eagles. Things get complicated when Pat meets Tiffany. Katniss, who offers <laughs> to help him reconnect with his wife. Jennifer he, Lawrence. <laughs> yes, Jennifer Lawrence, who offers to help him reconnect with his wife if he will do something very important for her
0: in exchange. Okay, it's coming back to me now. I'd forgotten Robert De Niro was in that too, but isn't he in everything? <laughs> Honestly. Okay. man's got to eat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, my next one, Beth, my next read, <laughs> I got to tell you. It is a novel titled "Daphne." Here is the cover. I'm showing Beth the cover. It's what is very that? creepy. This is a horror novel. Why did I do this?
1: I don't know. Why? Wh-
0: was it in October? Yes. Okay, that's why you did it. <sighs> I okay, here's what happened. Okay, so this is Daphne by Josh Mallerman. Josh Mallerman wrote "Bird Box.
1: Okay, you liked Bird Box. I
0: loved Bird Box. In fact, I reviewed Bird Box. Loved it, loved it, loved it. I reviewed it when the movie came out on Netflix, and it was such a hit. Wonderful, popular movie starring Sandra Bullock blindfolded you know they couldn't see the 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 evil thing this is Bird Box again okay the evil thing was this thing that if you looked at it you died automatically so they had to put blindfolds on and they had to put down anyway it's I highly recommend the book is even better than the movie which is normally the case Mm -hmm. okay so I heard that Josh Mallerman who wrote Bird Box way back when had some novels in between and then he just came out this year with this book Daphne The cover has this dark face. It's the face of a woman, but it's almost completely in shadow. So you just see the outline of it. It's got this horror movie-like font on the title and author's name. I thought, hey, it's creepy season. Let's try a horror novel. Oh, brother. (laughs) Let me tell you. Okay, well, I'm going to read a little bit of the jacket copy. Horror has a new name. (sighs) Daphne. A brutal, enigmatic woman stalks a high school basketball team in this reimagining of the slasher genre by Josh Mallerman, the New York Times bestselling author of Bird Box. That was what got me. Okay. You know. uh. It's the last summer for Kit Lamb, the last summer before college, the last summer with her high school basketball team and with her best friend, the last summer before her life begins. But on the eve of the big game, One of the other players tells a ghost story about Daphne, a girl who went to their school many years ago and died under mysterious circumstances. Some say she was murdered. Others say she died by her own hand. And some say that Daphne is a murderer herself. So the deal is with Daphne, if you think about her, you're the next one killed. I would say tell me more about it, but no. Oh, my (laughs) goodness. I don't want to be the next one killed. So here's the thing. It kept me reading, as horror novels do this one had almost a ya kind of feel to it because it's set in a high school and the main characters are a high school girls basketball team apparently and in the author's note he does mention this josh mallerman says he just loves basketball has always loved basketball and he's always loved horror novels so this was sort of the merging of the two for him this is horror don't get me wrong it's not a ya novel so if you like horror and there are some gory scenes in there people die by all sorts of horrible ways but um it's got the supernatural. You've got the mystery going on. Is it really Daphne? What's going on here? There's a kind of a rogue detective who's on the scene trying to get to the bottom of it. There's a lot going on in this novel, but on the whole, it was just not for me. But I think a people who like horror would really dig this. But you know, you got to branch out sometimes, Beth. Sometimes you have to try new or other let's just say other genres new to you genres right. to see if there's anything there like bird box was more suspense than horror i'd say and i think that's where the line is for me i think i've discovered like because i like stephen king's 112263 loved it mm-hmm. there was some creepy stuff in there but for the most part it was a suspenseful kind of time travel novel it was not you know the shining which i have not read
1: well, didn't you also read another horror book last month? Didn't you read Comfort Me with Apples?
0: Oh, now see, that was more just creepy suspense. Okay. Good point. Yeah, that was also a, oh my gosh, what is this? I mean, I like having that feeling when I'm reading. <laughs> like What's going to happen next? Oh my gosh. You know, and also with this one, I had that do not go upstairs kind of <laughs> moment. Like, why are you going upstairs? There are characters who are going upstairs shouting, Mom? Mom! And I'm like, no, nothing ever good comes of that. That is such a trope, you know. Right. But it's successful for a reason. Right. So anyway, it was um, not, I just say not as good as, not as good as Bird Box. I was a little disappointed in it, but um, it was, you know, I read to the end. So there you have it. Daphne by Josh Mallerman. Well, as we discussed last month, you know, I do not read horror much, but I read
1: Mother Thing, which was not horror. It was more this person is so unstable and I can't believe she's doing these things yeah, then did I, did I mention this during our conversation? Yes, I'm not sure I where so. I asked the the author about you know her mental illness, and she's <laughs> like, "Oh no, she's fine.
0: She doesn't have a mental illness." So tell me about your mental illness. Well, not the author's mental yeah, no, illness. No, 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 the tell me about your character's mental illness and what it means. Well, actually, Beth, she's completely, <laughs> a completely healthy individual. Yeah. So what does that say about you? Yeah. What does that you say know? about me? Um. But no, I like a I like a good suspenseful. You know, "Come for Me with Apples" was a real and it, that was a little novella that's just like oh just this little kind of taste this little biscuit of goodness and Daphne was a little bit um just a little bit much there were some times when I was reading it where I just went oh gosh (laughs) you know but (laughs) that's that got my oh gosh two stars sort of review but um that was Daphne by Josh Mallerman okay my next one is called
1: trespasses by louise kennedy i can't wait to hear about this one it is a debut novel again irish author louise kennedy and it's set in northern ireland during the height of the troubles she was telling me that this is based on you know some of the things that happened to her family because like in the book this 24 year old kushla lavery um, her family owns a bar well louise kennedy's family-owned a bar. It was bombed a few times. I mean, it was just, it's, it's yeah, it's really kind of crazy. She works as a teacher in a Catholic school. Uh, Wait, the author or the character? I'm sorry. The The, character, the 24-year-old, let me start. (laughs) Sorry. Okay, so back to the book. Yeah. So this 24-year-old, she works as a teacher in a Catholic school, but then in the evenings, she works at her brother's bar and helps out at her brother's bar. Her mother... Is not coping well with the death of her father, and so she copes with copious amounts of gin. Mm -hmm. And her brother is just angry all the time. And so, you know, you get an idea of what the book is about. Like first with the title, trespasses. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. these are these are sins, right? Um, But then there's also the epigraph at the beginning, and it it's a quote from Stanley Kubrick's Barry Lyndon. And this is the quote: Ah, that first affair, how one remembers it. And so, Ooh. you know, it, late one night she's working in this bar and this, you know, this handsome guy comes in and they start an affair. And it's bad because he's a lot older, he's married and he's Protestant. Oh wow. So, anyway, it's just it, I don't know, it was a f- it was a fun read actually and I every time I read a book about the troubles I learn more and more because I that's need a to. that's a part of history that I just didn't pay
0: attention to. Right, and it's, it's part of my history. I mean, I've I was alive through it and oh did not pay gosh. attention. Through yeah, it, me to it. either. I need and and what was I just talking? Tom Shine was just telling our news director was talking about oh, Dairy yeah. Girls, um, the Dairy Girls series on wherever it is Netflix or Hulu or HBO Max, one of those uh, subscription services. And uh, I believe it's set in the Troubles. Um, it seems like these Troubles books mm. are like you know sort of becoming well, these, more common it's is it the new world war ii historical fiction
1: or or are we just finally reading more irish
0: authors well, i don't know that's probably true too there's a lot more more global literature in general right. well and then i mean honestly there are books like killers of the flower moon right. by david gran which was history <laughs> native american history that happened also not in our lifetimes but yep. uh, well, close within the last 100 years and within and the last 100 miles yes of us. <laughs> hour and a half <laughs> south do. of us yeah don't know about it's that it's fantastic either, so. oh. t- a
1: horrible fantastic read yes yes <laughs>
0: and he's does he have a new one coming he out? has a new one coming out uh, let's look up to see what that is his new book is called the wager a tale of shipwreck mutiny and murder it's coming out supposedly in april of next year april of 2023 and that is about a story of shipwreck, survival, and savagery culminating in a court-martial that reveals a shocking truth. Ooh, another goodie, uh, set in 1742. Well, and I really like,
1: he's one of those authors who will take this unknown slice of history and elaborate on it. I mean, Candace Millard does the same
0: thing. Who else am I thinking? Who yes, this uh, of... like micro-histories. Yes, well, yeah. um, Sarah Vowell, sort of. <laughs> i mean hers are a little bit different yeah
1: she has she uses a a lot of humor yes (laughs) yes um
0: but yeah just sort of taking that oh um the devil in the white city oh is it eric larson eric larson yeah yes yeah that's what i'm thinking of
1: yeah so yeah um, david Grant's new book is going to be on my list but anyway yes how did we go from well we were talking about the troubles oh right 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 okay Right. Yes, that's how we sort of meander. So yeah, you know, reading books, whether they're novels, reading nonfiction books, this is how we learn more about what we're so clueless about. Yeah, so, This yeah, is how we learn. This is how we learn. <laughs> I agree. So what was
0: that one again? That was um, Trespasses by Louise Kennedy. Okay. Um, my uh, last one for this month to talk about is Dinosaurs by Lydia Millett. Oh, wow. Another sort of quiet, everyday life novel. Okay, so Lydia Millett uh, was a finalist for the Pulitzer Prize and the National Book Award for A Children's Bible. Did you read that one? I have. I own it it as well. (laughs) She's given me the I own it, but I haven't gotten to it (laughs) yet. Look, I am definitely going to put that one at the top of my TBR because this book, Dinosaurs, was just so lovely. So Dinosaurs, I should tell you, is not about dinosaurs at all. I'd like to say it's about birds. It's not even really about birds. This book is about people, Beth. Okay. (laughs) Um, But birds, you know, are the last remnants of the dinosaurs. Um, But the premise of this novel, just a little bit of the setup, is there's a a young man named, a middle-aged man named Gil, who is coming off of a horrible breakup. He lives in New York City. Um, He's More or less independently wealthy because he was orphaned at an early age. Breaks up with his longtime girlfriend and decides he needs a whole new start in a whole new place. And he decides Arizona is that place. But he's not just going to fly there, move there, drive there. He decides to walk.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: So Gil just takes off. He's got plenty of money, though. But he walks from New York to Arizona where he has bought this house sight unseen. Not sight unseen, but saw it online. Bought the house. You know, so it's waiting for him when he gets there. His house kind of looks like a little castle, but it's situated beside another house that's almost all glass. And that house is for sale when he moves there, but then a family moves in to the house next door, a husband and wife and a teenage daughter and a young son named Tom, who's uh, around 10 years old. And uh, he sort of watches this family and it's not creepy at all i, I want to tell say from you the yeah it's not it's, this is not rear window <laughs> um but he sort of watches their everyday life and then he befriends them and he becomes part of this family's life and he's also in the meantime looking for things to do and ways to contribute to society he has a lot of guilt around his wealth and so he volunteers at a, a women's shelter he becomes sort of a pseudo babysitter for the young boy next door and they developed just a a really neat relationship. And I want to say I was so pleased when I got to the end of this novel that, I mean, things happen and there are, you know, everyday challenges and there are exciting plot points in this book that keep it moving along. But on the whole, it's just about people dealing with everyday struggles, you know, grief and relationship um, challenges. The kid deals with bullying, you know, all these things that are happening and um, it's just this really, the writing is stunning. I too listened to this and read it simultaneously. Loved it because um, it's almost written in little vignettes. I don't know if you can see. I'm flipping through the pages now, mm-hmm. but there's there's chapters, and each chapter is um, titled a different bird. I should also say that Gil becomes fascinated with the birds outside his his house, and doesn't become like a birder per se, but just sort of interested in them. And and so each chapter is named for a different bird, and. They sort of are symbolic of a lot of the things that are going on in the story. It is going to be one of my top books of the year, I think. Oh, wow. It was just really, really lovely, wonderfully written. It does make me want to go back to read more of Lydia Millett's work. Um, this is Dinosaurs, a novel by Lydia Millett. Very nice. Yeah. I, highly, I think you'd really like it. I'll have to read it. Yeah, here it is. Now. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. I like when you can just hand it over. Um, so what else do you have? I know you uh, you have undergrad stuff. But
1: no, I've read a couple of books for undergrad. Um, I won't really talk undergrad about them. School. Undergrad school. We should have a
0: jingle for your undergrad school. <laughs> and here's what Beth read for undergrad school. Yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> I won't say much about these books because, okay. you know, people have already read them. But if you see me on the street and you want to talk <laughs> about them. I bet I haven't. If you see me on the street and want to talk about them, you know, hit me up. Uh, The Satanic Verses by Salman Rushdie and White Teeth by Zadie
0: Smith. Oh, wow. Zadie Smith is on my list of authors to explore. I don't, I haven't read any of her She's brilliant. Okay. Well, um, what should
1: we talk about, Beth? Well, you mentioned holiday gift giving and I wanted to, um, I guess I don't know if I should announce this and I don't know when this episode is coming out. Very soon. I've heard from NPR that, the books we love app book concierge formerly known as book concierge they're planning to launch it the week of thanksgiving So
0: it's always an exciting time books we love book
1: concierge
0: (laughs) used to be called book concierge
1: and And just like saying
0: concierge we can never
1: say that word any other time in our lives (laughs) exactly Um, We are always excited about it as well because they include much of our book coverage, whether it's marginalia interviews or your book reviews. So So it's it's always nice to be included in that
0: NPR. For the uninitiated among us who are not familiar with this particular annual event, NPR puts together a website and an app, hundreds of book titles that Uh, came out this year. Usually around
1: 350
0: books. Wow. I know it's always overwhelming because there has been so many great books Mm. come out this year. I mean, I've read a lot of great ones, and then I think about all the ones I haven't even gotten to. But you can filter them by fiction, nonfiction. You can go a little bit deeper and filter them into good book club picks, mm-hmm. short novels or short books. Um, there's all sorts of different ways to filter it down. Uh, historical fiction, fantasy, you know, that you can filter it by genre. You can filter it by this number of ways, and it makes it great for gift-giving, I think, because then you can say, oh... You know, my uncle John likes books about so and so and so and so, and you just sort of get it. Um, but then they have some—they have some fun mm-hmm. titles for their
1: descriptors as well. They have "it's all geek to me," oh. or "no biz like showbiz," or "eye-opening reads." um they have the oh the dark side there oh, you go yeah there you go memoir the, probably the states so. we're in tales from around the world science science with an exclamation <laughs> point <laughs> as it's supposed to be said um but, but you know there's a lot of nonfiction here as well biography and memoir cookbooks and food oh or yeah graphic novels you know
0: oh it's such it's yeah. so fun to get in there and explore and it is just give yourself an hour or so at least when you click on that website because it's just it's really really fun and it it will um, really ratchet up your uh, to be read yeah, pile really because well. you know you get little snippets of the book you get it links to you know deeper reviews or like interviews with the authors like yours right. and so this includes all
1: you know books th- that have been covered on you know, NPR stations across the country, also primarily through NPR. So you can click
0: on a book, and there's always more information there. So I can't wait to see that. One thing I wanted to mention too, heading into the holiday season, I want to share, I don't think I've shared before, this new tradition uh, that Andy and I have adopted. It's an Icelandic tradition that if you live in Iceland, apparently people who live in Iceland read a lot. It must be because it's so (laughs) dang cold. Okay. Um, But on Christmas Eve, they celebrate something called, and I think I'm going to pronounce this right, Jóla Bóka And it means, loosely translated, the book flood. Oh. And on Christmas Eve, it's a tradition in Iceland to give books to your friends and family and then to spend the rest of the evening cuddled up reading that book with like a nice cup of hot chocolate or tea or a hot toddy, or what have you, and your new book, oh, and wow. everyone just— isn't that great? It—it it sounds lovely. So it wouldn't um,
1: fly with my family, but it sounds <laughs> lovely. <laughs> but anyway, I just love Yola
0: Boca Flood. I was going to ask you to say it again. Yola boca flod. Very nice. I'm pretty sure because I've asked the internet to pronounce this many many (laughs) times, and it's spelled J O L A B O K A F L O D. And there's different little symbols over certain letters, (laughs) yes, and accents and weird things. But um, yeah, I just love that tradition, and we're going to do it again this year. And I hope to do it, um, yeah, every year in the future. Yola boca flod. Very good. On Christmas Eve. Well, that seems like a good place to stop. I guess it does. Well, thanks for joining us for Books and Whatnot this uh, this episode. It was great to talk to you again, Beth. So, likewise. Until next time, keep turning those pages. Bye. Bye.
1: Books and Whatnot is a production of KMUW, Wichita. Our team of engineers, producers, editors, and hosts are Mark Statzer, Torin Anderson, Haley Krausen, Jonathan Huber, Luann Stevens, Carly Cooper, Beth Golay, and Suzanne Perez. You can reach us by email sent to podcasts at kmuw.org, on Twitter at books and whatnot, and on Instagram, books underscore and underscore whatnot. Find more conversations and a list of books discussed in this episode at kmuw.org.